Matt Will. No L's, just sevens. This is the bliss, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shifts, ripping off rip, quick in the hits, first on the list, this, mad will, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up for size, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Daily Blitz podcast for week six, your NFL DFS and betting central. I'm your host, Matt Williams. You can find me on Twitter at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. And joining me as always is my co-host, Mr. John Legaza, MLB NFL Moving Averages. You can find him on Twitter at MLB Moving AVG. What is up, John? Yes, Matt, what's going on? I love doing this show, man, as we kind of hit our stride into the NFL season I know I've been really successful betting. I've done really well at DFS. You were saying the same, and I don't think it's a coincidence, all the work going into this. I was telling you off air, I've been doing a bit of consuming on my own, man, and I think we have all the input stats. Other people got those output stats, man. I'm ready to dive on in. All right. Well, jumping right into it. So there will be no wasting for everyone following us every single week. We're going to go game by game by game for the main slate on Sunday, and we are going to talk up the betting lines, best bets, if you just want to place a wager on the game, we're going to talk the DFS main slate for DraftKings. That is the pricing we are going to be using. So, and we always have our cheap stack of the game. So be prepared to listen for that. So, John, kick us off with the first game of the weekend. Yeah, let's go. The first one, well, not, again, not including uh, not including London, which we're not going to. Talk yeah, about. not not interested. Although, quick note on that, man. We are really not putting our best foot forward with these games out there. It really seems more like a money grab, but okay. Let's get into the field for Sunday, main slate. And if anybody's following along, Matt and I like to use the DraftKings board that reads left to right. It's really easy to follow. So we're starting off where everybody's eyes are on Matt. This is not a secret. The Chiefs are going to Washington. Chiefs favored by six and a half, total at 54 and a half. Again, where all the attention will be. I'm not going to waste your time talking about how good the Chiefs are on offense. We know that. Maybe a bit of surprise how good Washington's been on offense. The story here, Maddie, has got to be these defenses. I like to run conditional formatting, so I have rankings, right? Percentile rankings, so I have a feeling of where it slots as far as statistics. I don't want to just hear that somebody is 25th because there could be tiers and that could lack context. But, gosh, Washington defense, 31 points a game. Kansas City, 32 and a half. Those are bottom two, each allowing more than 400 yards a game, each allowing more than 39 yards per drive, each allowing more than 77% of drives to be successful. The pass defense is atrocious, each allowing over 293 yards per game. I mean, these numbers are just straight up gaudy. Both teams allowing more than 11 and a half yards per completion. This is just nuts. Washington team D, check this out, Matt. 11 and a half targets, 93 yards to the number one receiver. Yikes, man. Kansas City allowing 87 yards per game to the tight end. So this one, probably pretty easy. I don't think I would touch a money line bet here, man. Chiefs are not covering anybody up at all. I think we're going to get our excitement here, Matt, right? So I want to see Tyreek Hill practice before I pay the big money. I'm all over Kelsey at the discounted price 7K. Washington side, I think McLaurin is every week. I think Heineke is a good, strong play. And I know the entire world is on Ricky Steele-Jones, but I think I'm going to go back there again. I mentioned the Chiefs struggled with tight ends. 
And we know Jones is playing 100% of the snaps and he's getting red zone targets like crazy. He didn't reel him in, but he's getting looked to in the end zone. What do you think about this one, Matt? I know everyone's on it. You know me, I like fade in the popular game. It's like, I don't, yeah. I almost like putting my thumb in everyone's eye. Uh, not this week. Uh, t- a, a, I may bet the chiefs at minus seven. I think that they're a pissed off uh, two and three team, which I believe they're two and three, right? Yeah. Um, and I think they're going to put it on Washington 55 and a half. Uh, man, I don't like betting the over. Like me and you say, everything has to go right. I cannot see it not going right. I know. I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I would, I, I, I don't know if I will, cause I don't like betting overs and sevens a lot, but I would, I think I would be fine betting chiefs and the over in this one. Patrick Mahomes at 8,300 is, is, is a, is a very fine play. Uh, usually, again, uh, people like to get cute. So the the very, very, very popular stack, like you know the the Chiefs chalk, sometimes doesn't get. Um, it's not as highly owned or rostered as you think. I would think that would not be the case this week. I would expect to see a lot of Hill, Mahomes, Kelsey stacks this week. Uh, in cash, absolutely great. In in GPP. You know, if they hit, they'll be they'll be tough to beat. But just know that a lot of people will be on that, and they'll oh, a lot of people will be on Tyler Heineke too, coming in only fifty eight hundred. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could call it the cheap stack of the week if you want, but uh, you know, he doesn't really have a pass catching back. I necessarily would go with uh, Terry McLaurin. Always money, definitely going to be money in this one. No other pass catcher besides Ricky Seals Jones. So if you want to go cheap, you can go with the the Heineke McLaurin's a little expensive, but then Ricky Seals Jones. Three thousand. He is the the best chalk of the weekend because it doesn't matter if everyone's on him at three thousand. That's just too good of a freaking price. Just like he was last week, and he got a couple of end zone targets. So, yeah, fire all those guys up. the The only question mark here is what to do with the running backs. Uh, Antonio Gibson is pretty much the guy. He hasn't been like that effective. Um, but JD McKissick saw like six percent of the snaps last week. Uh, or, or, I'm sorry, that was uh, Jarrett Patterson. 6% of the snaps, which is the guy you were looking for if Gibson was going to be sitting out. J.D. McKissick, 41% of the snaps. Um, yeah. You know, he's going to be getting, like, you know, the work through the air the, as usual. Antonio Gibson, you're going to be looking for them to try to, like, pound it in. So Antonio Gibson, I'm completely off at 6,500. Um, maybe it feels like a Damian Harris play, like the way I liked him last week where it's inexpensive enough if he finds the end zone. But again... Uh, if you wanted to play that in this game, I would probably move down to Darrell Williams, who is only 4,900, uh, way cheaper. Um, I'm not going to be on that though, because I don't know what the chiefs are going to do. Clyde Edwards Hilaire was already an enigma. And now that he's out of the way, people are like, all right, well, who's left? Who's going to run the ball? Darrell Williams will, which makes sense. 12, 15, 16 touches seems like a sure thing for Darrell Williams, but Jarek McKinnon, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Uh, it's, yeah. it's possible. He just takes on a McKissick role in his own right. Um, uh, you know, and just, and takes those work, but it wouldn't shock me if they give him a little work on the ground too. I mean, they, they, they typically don't like to roll with one dude. So at 4,900 and 4,400, I don't necessarily want either guy, but at that price, I could totally, um, see everyone going for it, but you know, still again, you're looking at 4,900. And that's, that's super cheap. But if we're looking for that times four, I mean, now you're looking at just south of 20 uh, fantasy points. That's not, I don't know, the way the Kansas City Chiefs use the running back this year. I don't know if that's even necessarily a good thing with a guy. You don't even know what they're going to do. So, uh, yeah, I'm off of all the running backs. Don't give me any of them. But uh, pretty much anyone with the ability to catch the ball is in play for this one. 
Yeah, that's, that's really well put with the running backs. I think people might get themselves, you know, a little too cute again if this one, especially if it kicks into six gear. My question for you, Matt, right? Because you mentioned pass catchers. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned a really important theory here about the ownership. And if you want to be exposed, to be exposed a little differently, what do you think about McCall Hardman? Right. So he had a nice game last week, nine for 76. He didn't get any end zone. But he was outsnapped by Demarcus Robinson, though they both saw the field a ton. And I think you could probably expect that again. The, uh, you know, coming up, let's call it the advanced wide receiver stats there. I mean, they were pleased, right? 16% target, 16% air percentage. The eight down is really low at 7.1. Not really where we want to go with guys we're hoping to get a ton of yards from. So do you think Harmon in particular – do you think he represents a good pivot to get away from the ownership? Or do you think that was the one-off? That was the game that you need to have last week? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I yeah, I don't, I don't really want to go too much into to Hardman because I mean, basically what you're looking for from him is, I mean, what do you need? Like around 16, 16, 17 points from him. Uh, you know, if typical game, I would expect out of him. If he does well, I don't know, two catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. 4,200. So cheap that, for that exposure, you know, I know, oh, I know, but the two, two, two catches, 75 yards and a touchdown doesn't even get you there. I mean that, and that's a typical quote breakout game. So he would need to get, um, he would need to do a little more work than normal. Uh, it's not it, for me. It's not one of the, again, uh, he can do just a little more than that. You know, he catches one more pass, 10 more yards, whatever he can get close. Well, he did hit it last week, but I think, Okay, so he has done it once. If you look back, he hasn't done it other than that. Yeah, but I mean, he's got those 12 targets. I mean, do we see him doing? I mean, then before that, three targets, four targets, and eight and three. It's like he absolutely has to find the end zone. That's right, right. right. Yeah, I think and, so too. And he has to get more targets than normal. So not only do you need him to find the end zone, you need him to get more targets than he typically does. So, yeah, I wouldn't count on the 12 from last week. Just if you go on basically what of, of expectations – uh, it, it, for me, it's still not a one of my favorite plays because, uh, you know, Josh Gordon is still there. Uh, not that I believe in him at all, and I just don't know what to think. So I, I think it'll be a high scoring game. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'd rather just uh, I'd, I'd rather look elsewhere because for me, uh, that's just it's still a little too expensive for a guy that literally needs to find the end zone t- in order to cash. Yeah, I think I agree. Uh, I, I think you, I'm not going to bet the Chiefs to cover the touchdown, but I think that is the bet if you're going to take it. Again, minus six and a half, you get minus 110. The money line is minus 300. Man, it's almost 200 bucks for six points. Those are really expensive points, man. That's a $32 point. I'm not, I don't want anything to do with that. And then people, you know, Matt mentioned a four times multiplier. I mentioned the math on the betting board. That is how you get ahead in this game. You got to do the math. Always keep it in perspective. Matt, I love this show. Okay. Next up, we had those very surprising Houston Texans. They're 10 point underdogs to the Colts at home. Man, this is a tough one, right? Uh, And I think, the question here for the public is continuation on the Texans. It looks like they're not buying it with the 10 point, you know, uh, road dog spread here. 
And it's for good reason. You know, the offensive stats are in the trash. Bottom three points, plays, and yards, yards per drive, dry success rate, rush DVOA, adjusted line yards, running back yards per attempt. There's really not much they do well. They were funneling it to Cooks, and that seemed like, oh, maybe we had an outlet there at first when you had Taylor. Since then, it's been kind of rough. Mills, I mentioned it, had the breakout game, Maddie. To me, that was the anomaly. The Colts' defense is not great. They suffer particularly on the line. But I don't think Mills is going to be able to do it again. I think the Colts do rough up. I'm not taking 10 points here. But what I do like here, I think it's probably Jonathan Taylor. And then if I wanted to get a little more exposure would be Pittman in particular, who I think really looks like a alpha wide out, but his price has not got there. 25% target share for Pittman, 12% of the air yards, the a dot right at double digits, which is generally where I draw the line, 428 air, air yards. But more importantly, Matt, the next person is Zach Pascal below 200. So Pittman is the man there. So for me, this one's pretty simple. It's Pittman, Taylor, or not at all. I'm not touching the Texans, and I don't really want to touch 10 points. I don't know if I see the Colts as that kind of cover team. What do you like? Um, I, I It's funny. On the, on the Colts side, I think there, there's an opportunity here to get a nice cheap little, not a stack, just a pairing with Wentz. Went, yeah, believe me, I'm not having a stroke. Carson <laughs> Wentz and maybe tagging him up with Pittman, Pascal, um, I, I think that there's a, there, you know, you could take on either one of them, um, and then build a very, very cheap team around them. Again, I wouldn't take on three of them. Um, and I would just pick your favorite. Mine would be Pittman. Uh, and, and that's something you could do. Jonathan Taylor, I actually think is a fade. Um, not that I think he's going to have a bad game, but, uh, last year, last week's game with those 34.9, uh, points on DraftKings. You know, he broke some big plays, especially yeah, right through the air. Yeah. Uh, that's something you can't count on. And he does not get that much work. I mean, from week to week, 17 carries, 15, 10, 16, 15. Not terrible, but not like the workhorse you're, you're hoping to get. Um, think about it. Against Miami, he had three targets, uh, three catches on three targets. Against Baltimore, he had three catches on four targets. One game, he had 11 yards, one he had 116. So uh, if you are taking him at the 6,600, I mean, you need this guy to bank you around like 26, a little over 26 fantasy points. He's done that once, and he did it this week. So uh, for me, even in this game, um, you know, they're going to probably have a positive game script, so he'll he'll probably be pounding the rock. But again, they're trying to trade Marlon Mack. Uh, He's going to get some work. Naheem Hines is going to get some work. So even though this looks like a smash play, which it easily could be, I mean, season long, you got to be giddy. Uh, But as far as our return expectations, I think Jonathan Taylor may actually be one of those ones where I let the entire rest of the uh, pool pour him into the lineup and for him to underperform. And I'll try to find my value elsewhere. Um, So again, this is me talking down Jonathan Taylor. I think he will be fine. It's just a matter of um, your return on investment requires him to find the end zone maybe three times, <laughs> you know, uh, which is possible, but it's not a smartest thing in the world to, uh, to like expect. Well, that's a really good, it is a really good call. I'll always love your validations. I think, you know, it'll probably come down to when I actually jump into building these final lineups. I mean, you never see more cues in your life than looking at the running back board this week. It's just, I mean, five, 15 out of the top 17 guys have cues 
Taylor not being one of them. Maybe that's partly why my eye. Oh went yeah. There. Oh god, I have so many lineups. It's literally everybody's questionable. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about I'm worried about a lot of the guys here. So I think as we get through this, if you sell me on a couple guys above Taylor, which really would probably have to be like a one, right? So I guess it depends how we feel about McCaffrey. I think, yeah, we'll get to the rest McCaffrey, of the guys. McCaffrey, I don't think he's you. playing. I think he had a setback, to be honest. That's what I'm worried about, Matt. That's what I'm worried about as well. Uh, and, like, I'm not touching the Vikings guys. I'm worried about the Packers guys. We'll get to them. But I'm just really worried at the top. So all of a sudden, if you lop off those guys and you're down to the high sevens, 66 for Taylor looks like he could be RB5, no matter what. I don't even know what that finish is going to look like. So. Yeah, I think. Let me just ask you last time. Did you you, you did mention Wentz? Do you think it's got to be with both guys? Um, like, do you think it's got to be? He has to have the blow up game like he did against Baltimore last week, four or two and two without the pick because he hasn't really had the other ceiling game. You know, they're really not a big vertical team. Not to say that can't happen here. The Houston pass defense has not been really good. So, do you think it has to like? I, I don't know if I see Wentz as like a mini stack guy. I, I feel like it has to be a GPP full stack or not. What, what do you think there? No, I mean, this is not a stack. Like I said, I, I would do a pairing only. It's just because he's so cheap. He's a 5,400 and you can put him along with Pittman at 5,500 and Pascal at 4,400. I wouldn't get cute with Hilton. Uh, I'm not expecting much there, which is why I wouldn't want to do any kind of full stack because with Hilton come back, I'm not exactly sure where they're going with there. Uh, but yeah, I think I go Wentz and Pittman if you just want to go something straight uh, goofy. Uh, that uh, that'll get you over. It's not my favorite. Um, I, I probably won't be doing it, but I'm just saying, I think it's something sneaky that's worth considering where usually Carson Wentz would never even come out of my mouth during the show. Uh, I could see it versus Houston. That's all. And, uh, yeah. I mean, and by the way, no offense that I didn't bother talking about Davis Mills, how incredibly impressive he was last week. Yeah. Uh, but again, uh, no thank you uh, once again to Davis Mills. Yeah, me too. I think that was, the anomaly, you know, these are all pro ball players. They're going to have good games and not. They turned over New England a couple of times. So, yeah, I don't think I'm going to get there. Last one on the bank board. I know we're on. We did sort of a few back and forth, but it's worth it. Do you see the Colts as a double-digit cover team? Like, I think they win. <laughs> I think they win. I just, Matt, you know, I do a lot of betting. I do a lot of handicapping. And 10 points is not impossible. Right? It's not impossible that this one is 28-10 and they cover it up easily. But 10 points in a division game really seems pretty heavy. So just before we move on, are the Colts a double-digit cover team? Fuck, no, no way. Yeah, uh, I don't think so I, hey, I'm not saying I would bet this. I'm not. Don't. So no one take me at my word. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if Houston won. Whoa. I, I don't believe. No, I mean, I don't believe in the Colts is my point. I think the, if, the Colts covering wouldn't shock me either. So, again, if they ended up winning this thing by four touchdowns, uh, wouldn't shock me if they were all of a sudden banging on all cylinders. They finally let Jonathan Taylor off the off the chain and and let him just pound the ball down their throats like he can. Uh, the, the, I mean, it could be terrible for Houston, but I've seen enough of Indianapolis this year uh, and enough of Davis Mills last week to think like, all right, I mean, they could do a couple of fucking flea flickers. They could nail a couple of deep shots here and they could keep it close. And maybe they can uh, even like win on a last second field goal. That wouldn't shock me. So if I can come up with that in my head and feel comfortable with Houston's chances to actually pull an upset, um, theoretically, I, yeah, I'm not betting a double digit lead on Houston, on uh, Indianapolis. If yeah. I'm, if I'm betting you as a double digit, uh, practically a double digit, uh, favorite, I, I better not be able to write up a reasonable enough, um, reason for your demise. 
Yeah, seriously. I, and the whole division thing, I just, I would want that under 10. Yes, this is my favorite game because you lead the dance. It's your Cheesehead Packers going to Chicago. Oh, man. I don't, ah, these two teams really had me kind of whipsawed. I, I, I really like the Packers, but they kind of disappoint me. I wonder if you feel the same. And the Bears, I'm just off of the Bears. Whenever they do anything good, I just feel like I'm shocked this year. So, man, talk to me about Packers and Bears. Oh man, I want nothing to do with this game. I, I think it's okay. I think it's horrible. I mean, if if anyone as a Packers fan, I know this, but Green Bay at Chicago, Green Bay has a long history of owning the Bears recently. Doesn't make the games easy to watch. Uh they're they're very close. <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers usually ends up pulling up some theatrics at some point, but it's gonna be low scoring. Probably uh, Aaron Rodgers hasn't really been himself this year because he refuses to throw to anyone else. It's one thing to have no other weapons. And it's another thing to ignore them all. And that's what Aaron Rodgers is doing right now. He's basically throwing to Devonte Adams and his running backs. And that's pretty much it. So I think Devonte Adams is matchup proof. I mean, it does not matter who is guarding him in this one. He's likely to have Jalen Johnson on him, uh, which, which is, you know, he's good, but again, he can't shut down Devonte. but again, I wouldn't go there. I uh, wouldn't be looking to stack um, Aaron or uh, Aaron Rodgers, who really, you know, hasn't been too fantastic this year. I love Aaron Jones, and I think he could have a massive game. Except the last two weeks, AJ Dillon's been really eating into the snap yeah. share. Uh, so I play neither of them in this one. I want to actually see how that shakes out. If this is a continuation of that or not, in in season long, you could probably play them both. AJ Dillon with like, you know, a grimace on your face. Cause you're, you got to hope that those touches keep up. But again, I want nothing to do there. I want nothing to do with any of the wide receivers. Uh, again, I said, I'm not even playing Devonte Adams. So i definitely can't fire up Allen Robinson or Darnell Moody yeah. on the other side. I want no tight ends either. So that leaves me with one player I didn't talk about, which is the only one I think that I'm interested in. And it's because Damian Williams is out with COVID currently. And that is Mr. Khalil Herbert. A uh, very, very talented guy. In the last game, he got 18 carries for 75 yards. Nothing through the air, uh, but that may change due to there being literally nothing else but like Ryan Nall on the entire Bears roster. They're probably going to activate someone. Maybe they already have some veteran from maybe the from the freaking practice squad. You, you know, you need more than what they have. But yeah, yeah Herbert at 4,600. Uh, Green Bay, terrible rush defense as usual. I expect this to be a close game, so the game script won't be completely out of hand on the Chicago side, and they haven't let Justin Fields kind of, you know, kind of, you know, let the the governor off him either, and let him run wild. So I think that Herbert at forty six hundred is uh, cheap enough where he can kind of did what he did last week. Um, if he finds the end zone, you're kind of good to go. So he's he's a nice little plug and play for how inexpensive he is. Yeah, man, I'm, I've been scratching my head since you started with Adams. It's so, it's so tough. He just feels so matchup proof. But Bears, you know, the Bears D has been really good. Negative nine percent pass DVOA. They lead the league in sacks and have a double digit adjusted sack rate, which you don't see very often. I believe that's also in the league lead. And they have smushed opposing wide receiver ones, holding them to only six targets and fifty yards a game. That's excellent. Only one wide receiver all year has gone over 100 yards. That was Cooper Cup week one right off the bat. Though they haven't they haven't really faced the best squads, right? It was the Rams, which are good, and then it was the Bengals, which are good. And they did a pretty good job keeping the Bengals contained. 
But then it was the Browns, right? And holding Beckham down is not that impressive anymore. Mm-hmm. And then it was the Lions. And then it was the Raiders. Those wide receiver rooms really not great. No one in the same league as Adams. So to well, me, he, well, here going go back ahead, to go ahead. going back to go Adams it's, yeah, yeah. again. Cash games, he's always good. Right. Uh, if we're talking about GPP, which is like you know the thing everyone always wants to shoot for, and Adams always good in cash, uh, always except in GPPs. He's you know even last week when he com- went completely off for forty. You don't win GPP spending that much money on Adams and him going off. You spend that, you win that by spending four thousand on Kadarius Tony and him hitting thirty two point six. Um, so that's, I mean, that's kind of the idea here. You're gonna have to balance between upside, likely points, a risk, uh, probable uh, ownership percentages. There's a lot that goes into this, and it's just for me. It's the Bears games are always tough. Um, so the chances of him going off for like this league winning amount is, is small in my opinion for as great as he is. So I think that there's a lot of other, um, craftier, cheaper ways you can try to get to that ceiling, uh, than going with Adams in GPP and cash. You can't really go wrong there, but I still in this week in a division game, uh, it's, you know, one of the tough, really one of the toughest division games of all of football. Everyone always says, Oh, division games are tough. There's nothing tougher than Green Bay and Chicago. Neither team ends up looking like themselves. It always ends up being a shift fest. But again, famous <laughs> last words. This will probably be the highest scoring game of the weekend. Uh, but but uh, yeah, I would expect this to get ugly, which is just not good for anybody. Yeah, I think you mentioned on there, right? We do the betting board really quick. The Packers are actually favored by five and a half. I may end up with a piece of that. I think they do get it, though I do think it's under. And of course, Matt, you know, I'm always looking at pace of play when looking at scoring something that I think is really important that gets oft overlooked is a tremendous mistake people so the Packers and the Bears are basically two of the five slowest offenses in the entire league Packers at 29 and a half seconds per play Bears at an even 30 and they both take over three minutes per drive which also are near the league lead so slow to, to the line and eating up clock the Packers gain a few more yards on, you know, per drive than the Bears. But still, I think the Packers cover them up. I am with the under. I think I'm also off Adams. Matt, let's just do the multiplier thing because you mentioned it more than once and you did an excellent job with it. And people, what we're talking about, winning GPPs, you have 50K in salary. We need 200 points. So what Matt was talking about with the multiplier is four times the thousand amount, the salary in thousands. So Adams at 9K times four, you need 36 to pace 200. Yes, Matt, you're right. He did happen to get it. But it's the only time he did it this year, and it's very difficult to do. So you're right. You're not going to win GPPs doing that. Last week happened to be the chalk explosion where Henry and Adams both hit the four-time multiplier at max salary. So that's what we're talking about, the multiplier people. Matt, awesome job as always. I'm with you. Do you think the Packers cover them up? I mean, even like 17-10, 20-13, you don't think we cover them by six? They can. Uh, I wouldn't bet it. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many of these games come down to Aaron Rodgers just sticking it to the Bears on the last drive, which yeah. could make it could make it seven. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's uh, it it wouldn't be one of my favorites uh, to be honest. Uh, no, that's fair. I mean, uh, honestly, if Jared Alexander was on board, yeah, I would think that they could take a little True. more advantage of Justin Fields' rookie mistakes. Um, he's gonna he's going to get a little again this Green Bay defense is not as good without him like really not as good they don't have the ability to match up well with uh, really talented players so 
I mean, I honestly, I mean, this could, this could be, this could be the Allen Robinson game. It really could. Uh, it, it could be here because there's no one on the Green Bay defense that that can shut him down. Um, you know, Amos maybe, but it's not like anyone's going to be shadowing him. I mean, it's it's right. going to be tough. Anything could happen. So I'm not betting this. I again, this is me as a Packers fan. I've seen enough out of these games, or I don't know what's happening. I ain't putting money on it. Right. Well, the Bears are so inept. <laughs> it doesn't matter. This is this is the. It doesn't matter who's a quarterback. Uh, I, I've seen Rex that. Grossman right, put, right, give me uh, headaches before. It's Green Bay, <laughs> Chicago. Take the names off the jerseys, everybody. Yeah. Well, when you put it like that, you're probably right. I, I'm still surprised this game isn't a touchdown. Like that's where I have this at a touchdown. I I have this at, you know, like I said, 2013 or 17-10, low scoring. But I think I think Green Bay wins. So give me. I'll take that one. And the other, maybe I'll pair them together to lower my risk. I'm with it. All right, let's. Alan Lazard, three touchdowns. Let's go. Yeah, right. That's how these things generally shake out. <laughs> All right, let's move it up. We got another double digit, uh, another double digit spread on the board. These I generally just avoid, like the plague, and I normally regret it. And maybe in this new era of passing and disparity in teams, maybe I need to get behind these super deep favorites. I generally this, don't look this, to cover upco- this upcoming game is has disappointment written all over it. I think. So it's Rams. 10-point favorites on the road to meet the Giants, 48-and-a-half total, pretty high. Listen, is there anything to say about the Rams' offense? The past offense is excellent. The run offense needs Darrell Henderson, and right, he's back, and they work him when he's in there, Matt. So I think I already want to backpedal on my Taylor love because I think Henderson probably answers your counter to workload Mm -hmm. where we're going to get that. Um, with Williams, but my question is, one, will he finish the game? And I'm sorry, Williams, when I meant Henderson. Henderson struggles to finish the game, but when he's in, he's the guy. And then I can't take my eye off Cooper Cup this week. He's only at 7,900. I feel like, I don't know, you know, we're coming off the last two weeks, five for 64. Seven for 92, hardly an afterthought. We had the Bobby Trees game, which we knew could happen. Cup's still one of the most effective wide receivers in the league. Giants, pasty, not really good. The line via PFF grades out very poorly. Bottom five, only eight sacks, a 5% adjusted sack rate, 270 pass yards per game. Matt, is Cup just the value of the game here, or am I missing something? So for me... I know you mentioned disappointment, so I feel like maybe I'm setting myself up for failure. I'm not really interested in the Giants' offense. I know I glazed over them. They had all those injuries, and I want to know if Jones is 100%, plus the Rams' D is really good. So I see where the 10-point spread comes from, but I think to get there, give me Cup and give me Henderson. What do you think? I think that um, for a a wide receiver to cost 7,900, they need to find the end zone. Uh, I mean, 10 – everyone thinks he had this bad – uh, game last week, Cooper Cup, ten targets, seven catches for ninety-two yards. I mean, if that's bad, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, right. what, what, what's good? Uh, again, only returned sixteen point two. Um, the previous week, only eleven point four on a yeah. seventy-eight hundred dollars salary. He returned the first three weeks when he went twenty-six point eight, thirty-nine point eight, thirty point six. Right. Uh, guess what he did in those three games? He found the end zone. Yeah. Uh, he did not find the end zone last two weeks, didn't return value. And finding the end zone guaranteed is very difficult to do. So yeah. for me to find the difference between 7,900 Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, who's now alive at 6,100, 
Oh. It wouldn't shock. It wouldn't shock me for Cooper Cup to go right back to his thirty-point total again. Seven catches for ninety-two yards. He found the t- if he found the end zone, you're good. But Cooper Cup is there. Robert Woods is there. Van Jefferson is there. Uh, my boy Tyler Higby is there, and so is Darrell Henderson. Getting in the end zone with the Rams is difficult to do. Right. So give me Robert Woods, the guy who's priced to not have to get into the end zone. Uh, but that being said, Matthew Stafford, fire him up. You can pair him with cup. You can pair him with woods. You can pair him with Darrell Henderson, who um, regardless of his last game actually does get a little bit of work in the air, uh, which is nice uh, in yeah. weeks, uh, weeks two and four, five and six targets. That's beautiful. Um, so you can even do the, uh, the stacking up with a, with a quarterback there to get, you know, get the complete um, experience of scoring all over the giants defense. And of course, Tyler Hickby, who is, very touchdown dependent, but at 4,400, you can sneak him in there. Not my favorite. I'd much rather have Ricky Seals Jones, for example. Uh, but yeah, the whole entire Rhymes defense is good. But yeah, again, I agree with you on Cup. But if we're going dollar for dollar, value for value, he's priced to require the end zone. Um, right. Him getting enough work to return value with no trip to the end zone would, I mean, would he'd have to be one of the best receivers the entire weekend, which yeah. of course he easily could be. But I feel confident enough in Robert Woods. Um, I think that, you know, I mean, it, you know, he had uh, from week two on nine targets, six, six, and then 14, the squeaky wheel, you know, got the oil uh, last week, but I think that that'll kind of continue to happen again. He returned 30 points last week, not in the end zone. That's pretty damn good. That's how good Robert Woods can be. Cooper cup needs the volume needs the end zone. So uh, Mm. for me, uh, give me Cooper Cup. I mean, 7,900 versus 6,100. The disparity is too big. Um, I think that they need to be they need to be closer. Like every other team, where the Browns or where, where the, uh, the the Buccaneers pass catchers never seem like they cost enough. Where Cup or where Lockett and DK look like they never cost enough. It's because they feed off of each other, uh, and they haven't caught, they haven't properly I thought caught Woods up to Cup, um, given how um, Woods was finally back in the game plan. So uh, long winded. Uh, yes, uh, I, I would, I would go with Henderson. I would go with Stafford. I go with Robert Woods. Yeah. You know, I may, I may back away off the wide receiver room as you make all those really good points. And if I weren't going to try and stack them all to just, I think Stafford's one of the few guys you could, you could run alone and you know, the price is, yep. it's doable. I think he's, you know, he's one of the best pocket passers, right? One of the best out the rushing floor. So I, th- I think I like those calls where I could see, yeah, I could see deploying a Ram stack. And if not, I think Stafford is a good standalone play. Matt, do you like anybody on the Giants at all? I, I do. Last I checked, there was no determination yet. It looks like Jones is trending towards playing. So I guess that's my question. Do you need him to play? What do you like? Uh, well, first thing uh, uh, on your point on standalone quarterbacks, a lot of people don't like to do that. A lot of people feel the need to stack. You do not have to. Uh. I think I mentioned this last week with Kyler Murray. I don't like stacking him with anybody because I don't know who he's going to throw to. If you have a, if you have an embarrassment of riches on offense, you can go standalone on quarterback. Don't feel bad about it. Uh, wide receiver. Yeah, I do like Kadarius Tony. He's only 5,600. He's so talented. Uh, yeah. Kenny Galladay could get taken out of the game by Jalen Ramsey in this one. And I don't know if he's going to, I don't think he's going to play, man. What? I don't think Galladay's going to play. 
He hasn't practiced. I don't you think, don't think he's going to play. Well, no, um, Slayton and Shepard did did practice. So there's still there is if you were making a, a you know if there's a competition argument, but I don't know if you know where does Tony fit? Like I like I said, that's been my my worry with the Giants. But I don't think Galladay is tracking towards playing. He's doubtful right now. All right. So I mean, we, you got to. I mean, either way, I was going to get to you. Need to pay attention to what's happening with Shepard and Slayton. What's the plan? Uh, in, you got to pay attention to all the news on that. But for now, at least Tony's price at at 5600 is is exciting enough for me he will yeah. be very exciting player for everyone to pop in their lineup though but i mean he's so good uh they, they play him out of the backfield they talk about direct snaps he only had 24 receiving routes against the cowboys um 189 yards that's crazy 7.88 yards per route run that's that's like literally in unbelievable so uh, I, I mean, I want to see a lot of things in here. I, I, I want to see who else is playing with the Giants. I want to see if Daniel Jones is playing. Uh, so this is completely contingent upon what else is going around here. I mean, that being said, Tony did a lot of damage with Mike Glennon. So maybe if Glennon's playing, people will be off Tony. Maybe that'll make me want to play him because uh, of ownership purposes. But yeah, Tony would be the guy I'm looking at. I don't know if I'll be going there with him necessarily because there's a lot of factors Again, if uh, Galladay's out, who knows? Maybe Jalen Ramsey makes it his personal decision to shut down Tony because uh, he's obviously the danger zone. You know, I mean, Sh- uh, Saquon's not on the field. If Galladay's not there, uh, Sterling Shepard is just a target machine, but he's no one you need to shut down. And Darius right. Slayton is just a deep threat. You know, you let the safeties just uh, take care of him and uh, and 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 let uh, let Ramsey himself take take either uh, just a, a zone approach or, you know, go, go erase Tony. So we got to see, there's a lot of things uh, going on with this, but I, I, I think Tony, I know it's only been a couple of games, but I think he is a matchup proof talent. Um, and, you know, we'll get another look at him this week. So this maybe his performance for the Rams can solidify that, but it's one of those games where 5,600 and chalk may not seem ideal, uh, but, this may be the very last week you ever see him this cheap if he goes off once again. Yeah, it's not. It's a good point. I'm I'm worried about the sharing. I'm worried about Jones. So for That's me, right. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't gotten myself there yet because of that. It's not really a pushback on any of your arguments because they're all really strong. The one person that didn't get mentioned that I know is getting a, garnering a lot of attention, it's Devontae Booker. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. It's this is probably a volume argument, and again, Rams defensive stats not tremendous. The rush D has been hit or miss, right? So again, I like input stats. So I see minus fifteen percent rush DVOA, a adjusted line yards right at four for the defense is good. They are allowing one hundred and seventeen rush yards per game. Giants lost Barkley, Matt. They went. I mean, I think it was exclusively to Booker. Again, I'm looking at total snaps. So Booker had 88%. Barkley had 9%, obviously, when he was in. So it looks like Penny got a couple here or there, Elijah Penny. But it's the Booker show, and he did it on the ground. 16-42, he scored. They went to him through the air. 3-16-1, he scored. Man, is Booker a free square at 5,400? I, I know the Rams are pretty tough, but it's a 10-point dog with a running back who's not going to come off the field and also catches passes. We could be talking about a completely unimpressive line, but at 5,400, you could probably get that scenario that I just painted to 22 points, right? He gets, again, he gets 60. The thing is, though, 16 carries and a touchdown. 
uh, three, three, tar- four targets and a touchdown. That still doesn't get me where you need to be this week. Well, one, he would get the whole, he would get the whole game. Well, he, no, he would. No, no. I mean, he could, four, I'm just 10. saying he, he could do it. Uh, but again, that, that was a, at Dallas Rams aren't what they used to be, but they are the Rams. Yeah. I'm just trying to paint the picture of he found the end zone twice and got 16 carries and, and still, yeah, and yeah. still, still didn't return on a, what he cost this week at yeah, 5,400. Yeah. So I, that's why I didn't mention him. I think he'll be chalky enough where he seems like an easy enough fade on my end. And owner. Okay. Okay. So an ownership listen, ownership fades are the smartest fades because when you, you mentioned it before, sometimes when you hit with the crowd, we mentioned it with the chiefs and the skins earlier it's not necessarily that beneficial, right? You you get the touchdown you were looking for, and then you go run to watch that little pin move up the standings, and it doesn't really move because everyone else had it. So, yeah, that's probably a pretty good call. I'm, I'm just I'm looking for running backs. At the end, we'll probably circle back. I'm just I'm, I'm looking for somebody in that 55 to 65 range, and I'm struggling to it right now. Maybe it is Henderson. Um, all right, now let's move it again. I don't. The Rams are a 10 point cover team. That's a lot to ask for. On the road, man, if I if they don't have Jones, I think you get the cover. With Jones, I don't think you get the 10-point cover. I wouldn't I wouldn't take a 10-point dog at home. All right, let's move it. We got Bengals. You know I love the Bengals, man. I've been betting on the Bengals all year. I've been running Jamar Chase out all year. It has been one of my favorite parts of this young season. Bengals, three-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm saying that with the inflection, only three-and-a-half-point favorites. Going to Detroit, 46.5-point total. I, I guess the narrative here is Detroit's at home and they've played teams close. But I've watched these games. Yeah, the endings have been close. I don't know. Detroit has not looked good. Uh, Bengals really slow moving. So I think that does hurt the total. They're the slowest moving team in the league. 31.5 seconds per play. Nearly three minutes per drive. Not very successful the offense, on as far as the stat page go, Matt, it's not been great. We know they're dynamic through the air, and that's going to have to be what gets in there. Lions pass D, not very good. 26% pass DVOA, over nine yards per attempt, almost 14 yards per completion. I believe that's dead last in the league, allowing 91 yards to the number one. I don't know why this one is this close. I'm not a fan of the Detroit Lions offense. They're not very good, scoring less than 20 points a game, only 340 yards per game. I think DeAndre Swift's fantastic, but it's been a a split there with Jamal Williams, Swift kind of getting the stuff at the end, right? I, I don't think this one is three and a half points close. This is one of my favorite bets against the spread this week. Give me the Bengals and give me the Bengals pass offense. I think Burrow, you could run alone. Matt, he's pretty cheap, right? We're always talking about pricing. Burrow at 63. So did I just – is this one as easy as give me the Bengals? It's a mispriced. And then my very last question before we go is Stafford versus Burrow in that mid-6,000 range. So talk to me about this Bengal game. Uh, I'm not excited about as excited about Burrow. I actually think 6,300 is a bit expensive Okay, because uh, he doesn't run. Right. Uh I, I don't mind it. Uh, it's just not one of my favorites. I, I prefer to either have someone I think is literally going to go gung ho the entire game, where it's, I, I could see this one. I, I mean, I could see this being competitive enough. Detroit's better than their own five record has shown, but okay. I, I do love Burrow. I, I think at 6,500, I'm not necessarily um, excited. I think Chase is in a good spot at 6,700, but you got to, 
everyone's got to be paying attention. I mean, that he, the price hike has come. Yeah. Uh, I mean, week one on, he was 4,800, 5,054, 59, 58. Welcome to week six, yeah. 6,700. I'm not in love with that either. Um, he literally would have only covered that price one time this year. And that was last week when he went for 30.9. Uh, I'm not really excited about any of the Cincinnati guys, to be honest, this week, uh, at least at their price. Uh, Bo- uh, Higgins has yet to return value, and I don't think Boyd's going to either. I kind of dig the Detroit side, who I think I think in <laughs> I think in uh, Cincinnati's been really rough on the on the on the run game, like the d- defense. They've they've shut everything down pretty well, which I think doesn't spell good news for for Jamal Williams, but I think DeAndre Swift is, is plenty talented enough where they may not matter. I mean, you always have to pay attention uh, to, to his injury updates as he, he seems to be always a little nicked up, but with the amount of work he gets on the ground in the air uh, you know, every week he's seen like five, six, seven targets. I think that uh, he has a, a nice chance to, to have a good game here where, where Detroit's going to have to score, but again, 6,300, that is, um, that is quite a bit that he's going to have to do. I mean, he's, he's come close to returning value, like, you know, a few times this year. Uh, and, and he's done it a couple of times. He definitely needs to find the end zone. So again, not a smash spot. My favorite play of this entire game is actually Amon St. Brown. Uh, yeah. Good pick there. Lo- love him at, uh, at 4,200. Yeah. Uh, he basically, he needs to give you about 16, which he, he was just shy of doing the last two weeks in which he's seen eight targets back to back at Chicago at Minnesota. So I think going, uh, versus Cincinnati, I would expect them. And there has even been, um, quotes from the team saying they want to get him more involved, like really more than eight targets. Fantastic. Let's do it. So if they give him just the work that he's seen the last couple of weeks, if he sees the end zone, it's over. If he gets an upset, Cephas's season is over, by the way. Yes, and Cephas is out. So, I mean, St. Brown is going to be getting work. He's going to be getting work. So, yep. everyone's going to be looking at this game um, to to smash the Bengals. Again, I, I could, if you if you want to pair up Burrow and Chase, you probably won't be disappointed. But uh, from talking from a GPP standpoint, again, that's good for cash. From GPP standpoint, I, I want to look at a probable return. I think Swift could have maybe his game of the year and a sneaky spot where people think the Bengals are going to shut down their running game. Remember Swift's a wide receiver basically. Yeah. He's uh, but, very good. But uh, I love St. Brown. He's, he's definitely the guy I'm taking from this game. He's actually one of my favorite plays of the entire weekend. The workload is there to almost guarantee you get close to return. And if he finds the end zone once you're, you're, you're cruising. Yeah, really well put. I've struggled I have gone with Chase because of the price, but you mentioned the hike and him needing more. And it doesn't just because he's been really good. That doesn't change the fact that it is a split wide receiver room. Higgins coming back. I expect him to work more, you know, into the role as we get time. So I like Burrow standing alone. And then I love St. Brown coming back. So I think those are two guys I'm definitely going to have Matt. You didn't mention the betting, but do you think, Detroit keeps it within four. I mean, this just doesn't, I don't know. I just don't see Detroit being able to do much. I didn't mention the Bengals defense. It's been excellent. 20 points a game, only 352 yards, man. I mean, only 30 yards per drive, the success rate below 70 leading the league in adjusted line yards on defense. They have a minus 25% rush DVOA. They are doing it in the middle. The defensive line has been excellent. And then, you know, that creates disruption, and I don't think Goff is good. 
I think Brown with the reduced price will help him get there, St. Brown, but I don't think this one's going to be close. So I, I think that strengthens a play for Amon St. Brown, right? Me really liking the Bengals doesn't put that away, nor does it take away from Swift. And I think there might be a game stack here. I just wish I knew which Bengal wideout it's going to be. That's where I was going to get. Matt, it's got – doesn't okay, so Chase has to be the one, right? 25% target share. 15 and a half, a dot, 540 air yards. I want to ask you if you had to pick between Boyd and Higgins, is there a clear court choice? How did you get there? I would go with the prices are 54 and 53. I mean, dead even. I I would go with Higgins just because he has the ability to um, get to, he he has the ability to return value on far less plays. (laughs) Uh, Boyd Boyd needs to pepper you to death, but death by a thousand paper cuts is how I like to roll in fantasy baseball, but not in fantasy football. I like to see, uh, I like to see efficiency. uh, You're swinging a war ax. You're swinging a broadsword. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In in a a split wide receiver room. I don't, I don't want to require, freaking 15 targets right you know okay. i mean this guy's gonna need over 10 tar- gonna need over 10 targets which he's done once uh in order to get you where you need to be um and so I, to the betting question four four points bangles cover this easy though come on yeah i well the thing is i think the lions are incredibly i think they should be two and three at minimum i think they could easily be three and two but i think two and three is what this team is i think the Bengals are significantly better uh, than than some of their games have implied. I was worried about them last week facing the uh, the Packers, which obviously we saw what happened there. God, that was a nightmare. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the Bengals cover here. I I think I feel bad for the Lions. Uh, you know, at home, they're poor fans, but uh, the Bengals are good, and they're going to be good for a long ass time. The only thing yeah. that, that 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 keeps me from um, being really confident is, I mean, Joe Mixon's banged up. Sanjay Perrine's COVID. Oh, talk about the water, the running back room. Yeah, because, I mean, you got uh, Pete Kirk- Ryan is on the on the COVID list. Yeah, so with Mixon banged up, do you think it's you think Evans could be like a like a tremendous value today? Uh, I, I I think that he has he hasn't gotten a single carry this year. I don't believe I uh, seen a couple of catches. <laughs> he's got like, he's That's got like, right. f- he's got like five targets on the year, which he's done well with. So yeah, if, uh, if it gets to game day and Joe Mixon's not a go, which I assume he will be like he was last week. I mean, God, I mean, it's almost worth just putting him in there as a decoy. He was Marine's so limited, out. but when he, when he saw the field, he got the ball and it was in good spots. Yes. He was a non-participant in Thursday's practice. But it, what's being assumed to be a maintenance day. So I, I think the Bengals see what we see. But I don't know. You think he gets 85% of snaps? I don't know. Oh, sure. I know. Um, but, I, again, if Mixon suits up, I don't know if I'm too excited about Evans. He's really unproven. Um, would you for, start Mixon, though? No, never. Me neither, I would yeah. never start Mixon under any circumstances. The only guy I'm looking at is Evans at 4,000. Okay. Uh, if, if it looks like mix, if Mixon doesn't play, fire up Evans. If Mixon does play, I mean, try to pay attention to, to the wording. Let's just see how they may use him. Evans may be interesting, uh, but you're still at 4,000 is still, you know, you still need 16 points. Uh, you know, that's if, if that's, that's a, that's a lot to ask. So uh, I, you know, I just don't know what to expect out of the kid, but a 4,000 sure. If you're met, if you're entering a, a bunch of different lineups, I, w- I would fire them up if Mixon's a no go, but if they're both going, I think I'd probably just fade that altogether. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm in love with that bangles when I'm hitting that against the spread next up, Matt, why don't you lead this one? It's probably the must watch game for the 1 PM slate. I'm surprised this, this matchup didn't find itself into a more focused spot television wise chargers on the road, two and a half point underdogs to the Ravens D before you lead, you know, 
I only bet dogs, and I've been doing that on Twitter. Everyone follow. I have not had a losing week this year because betting dogs is how you succeed in football. The Chargers are way too good, I think, to almost be a dog to anybody. I see them, and I automatically am betting the Chargers as a dog. Talk to us about this one. Uh, I, I, I'm really looking forward to watching it as a, as a football fan, as a fantasy fan. Um, not exactly totally excited because uh, you have this matchup between Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert, which I think is just going to be like so fun to watch and 7,400 and 7,300. It's perfectly fine to take either Lamar Jackson's always a guy that you can put in there with his, you know, with his rushing floor, with the ability to kind of smash apart a slate. But, you know, my favorite guy of the entire um, game is, is Austin Eckler who is, is obviously no secret here, but I, I think that uh, he has been just dominating this year. And I don't think he's getting enough like recognition. There's, uh, uh, you know, obviously there's plenty of people in the fantasy industry. Uh, they were in on him preseason. Like I was, he was my RB five, but I mean, doing work through the air on the ground, like usual, he's now has back to back plus 30 games before that back to back plus 20. So, uh, yeah, at 7,900, uh, you know, he, he is getting priced up there with the big dogs, but, uh, nothing that I think he can't handle versus Baltimore Ravens. So I think people want to doctor in this um, fantastic defense, <laughs> but you know, in, in the matchup, uh, versus the Ravens, they're allowing the seventh most fantasy points to running back. So give me Eckler. Um, I don't mind stacking him with Herbert. You know, me, I love going backs, uh, pass catching backs with, uh, with quarterbacks. I don't mind that at all. Mike Williams is up at the 8,100 zone. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love I mean, him too, but too much. Yeah. I mean, he, he, I mean, he, he's getting last week, he had 16 targets the two weeks before that. Again, he's, he's doing so well, but the two weeks before that four targets and nine targets, that's not going to get you there. I mean, you have to, you have to, for being priced in that zone, you really got to be the true alpha. And Keenan Allen is obviously still alive. Uh, nine targets, 11 targets, 12, 8, 13 this year. That's Keenan Allen, who's going off at 6,400. Uh, give me that. <laughs> uh, give me give me Herbert. Give me Eckler. Give me Allen. That looks good to me. Uh, Mike Williams, I will uh, play you in all of the leagues I uh, roster you in in season long. But right. uh, take take a seat in DFS this week. And uh, on the Baltimore side, I don't want anything. Rashad Bateman's back. That means I don't know what Hollywood Brown's workload is going to be. Uh, I, I, you know, Mark Andrews is literally amazing. So you can play him against anybody. He's only 5,200. And you want to talk about why I was saying Mike Williams, you have to be the alpha dog to be priced at 8,000. Mark Andrews is the alpha dog uh, in, in, in Baltimore right now, uh, especially with that split wide receiver room with Bateman back. I think that uh, Andrews stands to be the target share leader for the rest of the season. So at, uh, at 5,200, he's probably my favorite tight end of the entire weekend shock or not. Um, I think that he uh, he's going to, he's going to get his plenty versus the chargers. So he's uh, kind of the only guy in Baltimore. I want um, you can always go with Lamar. Right. Literally always. So you can, you can go with a mini pairing with him and Andrews. And, uh, but I also like Herbert Eckler and uh, Keenan Allen, who is priced ridiculously low. Um, just to Lamar really quick. And we talk about the four time multiplier at 74. I mean, gosh, isn't he a certain lock for 30? Is he he's a certain lock for 30? It feels like, I mean, he's got, he's a 40 
two and 46 the last two weeks. I mean, talk about clear, talk about clearing the bar. So mm-hmm. yeah, Jackson, I, I'm surprised he's as cheap as he is. I mean, there were just stats with him that are just, it's crazy. I think he has, if you were to list his total yards, I think he's better than 14 other teams in total. Just insane, <laughs> really just insane stuff. Um, I want to expand on your Andrews play. The Chargers D, though it's been very good, they're bottom three in yards per game to the tight end, seven targets for over 80 yards per game. You know Baltimore is going to be looking there. Again, I think Bateman helps Andrews. I think that's a circumstance where any attention taken away to not getting beat behind will open up underneath where Andrews thrives. The run stats are a little weird, and this is where you know I want to be careful, people, because I'm all about nuance. And we got to be careful with run stats and then trying to use them against the Ravens D. So, Matt, check this out, right? So, the Chargers defense we think of as being pretty good, right? The points per game, plays, yards allowed, orally good, 23, 62, 372, respectively. That's all good. But when you get to the run defensive stats, awful is not the word. We're talking bottom, you know, last in the league, right? Five adjusted line yards allowed, 158 rush yards per game. 5.6 running back yards per carry. The pass defense has been good. Baltimore's going to have to do it on the ground. Do you think they try and do it conventionally? I think that was my question. The last, uh, was it last, last week they didn't try at all. Williams had four, Murray had six, Freeman had one. They really seemed like throwaways. The week before, Lat Murray had 18 carries. But before that, the week before, no one had more than seven. So I think this is really where it's going to get at. And what I'm building off of is what I mentioned first was Lamar. So, Matt, do you think the Baltimore Ravens will try and deploy a conventional run game? If your answer is no, Lamar Jackson should be started in 100% of teams. All right, my answer is no. <laughs> uh, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that uh, I, I think that mean, affects- Look at the games. The games that they don't run the ball. Mm-hmm. Conventionally, Lamar goes off because he can't, he's carrying the load. And if they use double digit carries, you know, I don't know. I just don't like, I feel like if we are saying that they're not going to use Tyson, they're not going to use Lat Murray, man, Jackson is 74. To me, he's a lock for 30 points. I'm, I'm going to lock him in. Yeah. I, I think I can agree with you, to be honest. Uh, I, even if I, I mean, I like him with Andrews as a standalone. He's always fine too, but yeah, I think I can agree with you there. Cause I don't see them. I, I mean, I see this being a shootout and Lamar is, uh, you know, one of his other wide receiving partners is going to end up being a, a big time player this week, probably. Um, but I, I just don't know who that's going to be. So I don't want to invest, but yeah, Lamar, uh, definitely seems at that price to be a, a pretty, uh, a pretty straightforward, a pretty straightforward add to, to most lineups. Who, who do you think? Who do you think wins? Ravens defense on pass particularly has been pretty pretty sketchy. Matt, 25 completions for 297 yards per game, 7 yards per attempt, 12 per completion. Those are all firmly entrenched in like the bottom third, maybe worse. Do you think the Ravens win this one? I, I'm surprised the Chargers are not favorite. They just feel like a more complete team to me. Oh no, I think the Chargers win. I would actually bet on that. I think the Chargers oh, really? are. The I think the Chargers uh, are not. Everyone's on Herbert, but no one's on the Chargers for some yeah. reason. As far as can, just everyone talking about like best teams in the league. I think the Chargers are a fantastic team, and I think they definitely win this one. 
Yeah, very last point is something I picked up. I was listening during my content consumption. You know, sometimes I lose sight of coordinators and head coaches. It can be difficult. And that it was the Chargers offense is the old Saints offense. And uh, I believe it's a coordinator. And when I started to look at the Chargers through that lens, Matt, a lot of the Eckler and Mike Williams usage started to make sense. These are things that they mentioned. They outright said early in the year, Mike Williams was going to be Mike Thomas. And some people kind of rolled their eyes and some people started smashing by button. You know, so this Charger offense, looking at it as a New Orleans Saints 2.0, it really just makes a lot of sense to me. I'm with you. I think they're being, I just really think they're being undersung. I, I, I think they win this one outright. And I do love Lamar and I do love the Ravens, but I like this one outright. All right, let's move it up. we got the Vikings. They're favorites on the road against the Panthers. I'm just going to push this one right to you, Matt. What do you, who do you like? What do you think? This one would just be outright. I, I thought the Panthers should be favored. I think the Vikings are much better than the record says they are. I think the Panthers okay. are much worse. Uh, but Justin Jefferson has an ankle injury. Adam Thielen has a foot injury. Uh, so that changes things. And obviously, uh, Dalvin Cook is banged up. Kesha McCaffrey is not going to play. So we're not really seeing the Vikings versus the Panthers. We're seeing the ghost of the Vikings versus yeah. the Panthers. <laughs> so I won't be betting this one at all. I guess it's Carolina at home. Their defense is healthy. So uh, I would say probably Carolina is going to win this one. Uh, as far as DFS goes, I want nothing to do with anybody. Okay. Uh, I think this is terrible. Adam Thielen is priced down at 5,800. I'm sure that will rope in a lot of folks, but again, with that foot injury, uh, I think that it's a fool's errand to try to put him in your lineup. So I wouldn't do it. DJ Moore um, is, is a typically safe play, but at 7,300, right. I think that's maybe just a little too rich for what I expect in this game. Um, you know, he's a 61, 59, 59, 66 against six. He's uh, bumped up um, to 7,500 last week. And now he's uh, 7,300. So I, I think I'm skipping out on DJ Moore too. Uh, Chubba Hubbard. I think if, uh, you know, McCaffrey's out against the Eagles, he, uh, he ran for 101 on 24 rushes uh, at five catches for 33 yards. I think for 5,900 against the Vikings here, that uh, he will be a good, a, a pretty sharp play that maybe not a ton of people are on. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, he he he's did well in in um, in limited work versus Houston and Dallas, but then he got the run of the road versus uh, the Eagles. So, I think that uh, I think that at uh, his price at what is he? What I say, fifty nine hundred. That's yeah. That's kind of the only guy I think I consider in this game. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I love the Vikings run game, but not when it's split with Cook and Madison. We don't know what we're going to get. I can't pay for either. Well, look, the thing is, when Cook is out, Madison was great. But now Cook has been so banged up. When he comes back, I don't think we ever see that true Cook workload. They know Madison can handle it, and they don't want Cook to get hurt. So, I mean, I think you're looking at this horrible hybrid split that's going to yep. screw them both. Yeah, and Cook, Cook is not even on the injury report. Yeah. So that's an issue. You mentioned Thieland and Jefferson. It, right now it's Friday. Neither of them practiced yesterday. Not a great sign. But they're both they're both carrying the questionable tag. Not any worse. But there's just so many. I think they actually changed. There's a ton of cues going on. Yeah, this one's tough. You know, you didn't mention the the, the Panthers, right? Maybe not being so real right out the box. They faced the Jets, the Saints that were really struggling, and then Houston. 
you know, and then they lost to Dallas and Philly. That Philly game was really wild. It was really ugly, but Carolina did not produce on offense. They looked bad. They also move really slow. I'm, I'm starting to get away from this one. I was looking at DJ Moore. Like you said, he's he's a consideration every week. We never bench this guy in season long. Vikings D against the number one has been excellent, leading the league with only six targets, 54 yards per game against the number one. That's really tough. The Vikings pass D in general has been good, minus six pass DVOA. They have 17 sacks in the double-digit adjusted sack rate, only 240 pass yards per game. I think it's going to be a rough day for Donald. I think, Matt, you are right. I think Hubbard is a play I was assuming McCaffrey was going to play. And now that he didn't practice after practicing, I think he won't. And now maybe we answer my question about the 6K running back, Hubbard, at 5,900. Um, what about the betting board? Uh, Vikings favored by three. You mentioned you think the Panthers win, but you sounded a little iffy. Would you just not touch this one? No, there's too many moving parts. We're not going to be seeing full teams in this one, at least performing the way they should. So it's impossible to determine. I would say that uh, if the Vikings are favored, Carolina at home, the, the defense has been solid enough where I think I can trust them. Uh, so, again, the, the Vikings' uh, running game by itself is so good. So if I had to bet, I would I would take uh, the three points and bet on the Panthers, but I probably wouldn't touch it. Yeah. I, I, I almost want to get a piece of the Carolina money line before somebody like Jefferson is announced out. Because I think that would actually swing – that might swing that plus 110 or plus 115 I'm seeing over yeah. to the Carolina side. And, again, I've only – I've been strictly posting plus money plays. So I may have to get on this after the show. Maybe I'll do my weekly tweet. Yeah, this one I think – I really summed it up. I, I'm going to let other people kind of chase this one. Next up is another. I think this is probably the 4 p.m. must-watch. My Arizona Cardinals love those Cardinals this year. Going to Cleveland – Going to be really good. Cardinals are a three and a half point underdog. So I think I'm leaning that way. They're another team that I think of as a complete team, Matt. So when I see them as an underdog, I usually kind of, that's one of the teams I circle. We know Kyler is awesome. The offense has been really good. Hopkins looks like he's getting healthy. They're doing it on the ground as well with the Connor and Edmonds hybrid. Cardinals really kind of hard to mess with. And their defense has been good. Where they've struggled, this is where I'm going. Carol, uh, the Cardinals D near the bottom in adjusted line yards allowed at the line of scrimmage, 4.6, allowing 139 rush yards per game. That's near the bottom. 5.4 running back yards per attempt. Hmm. The Browns aren't earning 5.4 yards per attempt. So those are respectively worst and best in the league, right, Matt? The Cardinals are allowing the worst. The Browns are gaining the most with 188 yards on the ground, 35 attempts, a five-adjusted line yards. Man, the Browns' run game is tops in the league. This is where the game is going to be decided. So I think Arizona is going to have to try and get out in front, take advantage of the Cleveland Brown pasty, but it's been good. I have been leaning towards this. I forget which game you mentioned, but to me, this is the I'm watching it, and I don't really know if I'm taking much of a piece in this one. We've seen Browns games. I don't want to – not disappoint, but they've they've shocked the public, right? We had a 14-7 Minnesota and then a 42-47 at the Chargers. This one feels like it just – I don't know, could go under all these offenses and deep. everybody plays really slow, right? Arizona plays slow. The Browns are one of the slowest in the line. I think I'm avoiding it, Matt. What do you like, man? 
Uh, not really a whole lot. I mean, Kyler Murray is probably going to, after a, a really bad start last week versus the Giants, he's probably going to bounce back. But after the first couple of weeks versus Tennessee and Minnesota, in which he scored 34 and 38, um, came back to earth to 22 and 22 versus Jacksonville and the Rams. So even if you go to that kind of midpoint, he's priced right now at uh, 7,900. That's really risky. So he's not any kind of smash play. I'd much rather go with Lamar Jackson if you want to go that direction. Um, and as far as wide receivers, I, I'm pretty consistent every week. I don't want them in DFS. Right. DeAndre Hopkins is 7,800. Um, he has never, he has never uh, returned value this year uh, right. at that price point yet. Uh, first week of the year at Tennessee, 26, still not what you need. Christian Kirk could be a zero. Uh, Rondale Moore, 4,600. I think as a standalone, it's not bad. I think 4,600, um, he could easily get you there. He needs to find the end zone, but that's a GPP yeah. play. It could blow up in your face, but against Cleveland, they were torched uh, by the Chargers. So um, I could see I could see Rondell Moore being a, a nice play because he can get you there in limited plays. So, I mean, he could be sitting at a zero in the fourth quarter and still pay off. So I think I like that quite a bit. Um, over on the Cleveland side, Baker Mayfield's a, a big zero. No thank you ever. Odell Beckham uh, Jr. I can't. Oh, even, that's the one I forgot to mention. Yeah, I can't even do it at this point. Oh gosh. Uh, um, I can't. Uh, at fifty one hundred, it seems isn't like there are. Isn't it? Isn't everything in place? Like, what is going on? Oh. Uh, well, I mean, how, it's funny. Beckham now seems like he's deflated. He's making drops on his own, but Baker Mayfield is just—they're just not made to participate with each other, and that's what really what it comes down to. So, um, you know, if you have every other team, every other player seems to have more rapport with the quarterback than him. So I'm going to let him be. Uh, David Njoku had this ridiculously monster game last week, seven targets, 149 yards and a touchdown. So you may look at him at 3,700 and be like, what? Um, maybe if you have multiple lineups, I'd probably try to sneak him in one, but I, I'm not expecting anything here. Uh, I think that's just a freak occurrence. Uh, if you just want to sneak him in there just in case, like, you know, all right, maybe Mayfield's like, hey, look what I have. And he's going to try to do it again, even halfway <laughs> at 3,700. It could, it could pay off in a big way, but I'm not expecting much. Uh, Nick Chubb, laughable 7,200, uh, in my opinion, uh, I, and not laughable the way you think. Uh, in my opinion, the best running back in football on the ground, yep, yep. but he will not return value. <laughs> It's no very chance. hard without the targets, right? It's very hard. Yeah, I mean, 28, you need those, you need like the 28 points. Again, has yet to return the, for his current salary, he has yet to return value this year. Um, He's a strong cash game play though, right? With all those defensive stats and everything. For sure, for sure. G yeah. GPP, you need him to go above and beyond for cash play. For cash play, he's returning what you need. Again, you don't right. need times four in cash. We're talking GPP. Right. And Nick Chubb is, uh, again, I think the best running back in football. I think he's safely will return, um, you know, 15 to 20 points is in the bag. But if you're right. looking for that 20, 20, like a north of 28 to 30, it's what you need in GPP. I'd go with Kareem Hunt, 6,200. Um, he can get you there, but again, he hasn't actually, you know, gotten to that area what we were just talking about for Chubb, but again, you're asking him to do it at about $1,000 less, which gives you a little bit of leeway. I think in this game, the game script won't be as good for cream hunt as it was last week. So I wouldn't go there either. <laughs> so like uh, you said earlier, I was just being more long winded about it. You said, this is a game you want to watch and you want to invest in. 
I, I don't think I'll pick anybody up in this one at all. Uh, I think, yeah, nothing. I mean, I said more could be okay. Uh, and Joku could be a laugh. Uh, and then James Connor, if you actually look him up and in, uh, independently, he has returned value plenty of times because he does nothing but score. He literally, uh, James Connor just finds the end zone. That's like where he lives, but it, I don't like getting a player who's priced to require the end zone and right. his price does. I mean, he does get a lot of work. I mean, he, he's getting, you know, he gets a couple of targets a game, but he just gets 10, 18, 11 rushes. And he finds the end zone each of the last three games, uh, multiple times um, in weeks three and four, but yeah, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm not taking anybody in this game. So no, I, I just, I just did all that. And I just said, I'm not taking anybody. That's right. Listen, talking people through it and why you like it, why you don't sometimes is more important. You know, the game analysis tomorrow, I should say on Monday is meaningless, but the lessons you leave people with are not. Um, I was wondering, Arizona had the, the Max Williams injury mm-hmm. and he had been worked into like a pretty, you know, pretty legitimate tight end role. After we got hurt, they just didn't go that way anymore. So I guess there's like a dual edge thing. Is there a pass catching tight end you think might step in? And if not, shouldn't that bleed into targets for one of the other guys? And if so, who should it be, man? I have such a hard time with the uh, with the Cardinal wide receiver room. For me, it's it's Murray or nothing, and even Murray is hard to get behind. So as much as I like to bet on the Cardinals because I think they play both well on both sides of the ball. I've struggled with this one, but do you think there's a freeze tight end square somewhere here? No, I don't. Uh, again, Max Williams, he was worked in here, but he was still like the sixth target on the team. I think him being out will maybe help Christian Kirk a bit. Um, not enough for me to really push the needle at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, a 5,000, you give it a whirl, but again, it's, it's, it, it's not good process. It's more like throwing a dart is, is what it is. If it pays off, uh, this is, again, no offense to anyone in the industry. There's certain bets where I give credit where credit is due, but then there's sometimes where you put someone will win with a lineup and I'll be like, all right, well, good, good for you. I give you no credit. Uh, that's where like the Christian Kirk plays come in. Like, okay, you threw a dart and you hit. Well, good for you. I, I it, there's no, there's no good process to start him other than it could work out. And for right. me, that's not exactly a good uh, thing. I mean, I, you know what? I'll give credit to anyone who wants to start Rashad Higgins in this game. We're talking about um, we're talking about how Odell Beckham Jr. obviously doesn't have a, a rapport with Baker Mayfield, but freaking Higgins sure does. We're starting to see that over the last couple of weeks too. Nothing crazy, five targets and four targets, but um, he did get to the end zone, um, or is it five targets and seven targets? He did find the end zone in the last game. I can continue to maybe see that move up. Uh, maybe he he gets more comfortable throwing to Higgins more and more. Uh, but uh, I believe Jarvis Landry is back this week, so. Um, it's just another thing that you got to worry about him coming in at an even 5,000 to this one. And he's obviously a target hog. So um, that's one thing keeping me off of suggesting Higgins. Like I kind of wanted to because um, you know, Jarvis Landry is back with his vacuum <laughs> to suck up all the targets. So yeah, I, I don't like this game from a DFS standpoint, but it should be a heck of a one to watch. Yeah. Landry's tough. They say he was running, but he, he won't participate in practice. So He's still in the IR, but that's that's just a designation. They could lift him, activate him. So I believe yeah, they, uh, I believe they just did. If I'm not mistaken, I think okay. I saw that recently. Well, if that's the case, that kind of gets me away from the Browns' pass attack. Good. That's all I needed to get away from Beckham because those were the targets I was looking for. Again, Matt, I'm an input guy. Gosh, Beckham, 21 percent target share, 34 percent of the air yards, 16 and a half a dot. 
313 air yards total. I mean, that's all the input stats you could possibly be looking for for a breakout. All right, let's move it. We got AFC West. We got two games left to go. This was another one. I was just surprised sometimes when I see the betting board. It's the Raiders going to Denver. The Raiders are an underdog. Three and a half point underdog to the Broncos. Man, I mean, minus 190. Pretty decent favorite at home. What do you like, man? You lead us off, please. Uh this, I mean, this is going to be ugly. It's going to be yeah, a good. It it, it's, it's going to be a good game. But I mean, between the the Denver defense, which is allowing just about 200 yards passing yards per game, and John yeah, Gruden, the John Gruden scandal, uh, Derek Carr is dealing with a lot of shit. <laughs> so I mean, he may be third in the league in pass attempts, but I wouldn't expect much out of him in this particular game, which will probably write me off of all of his pass catchers in general too. Um, you know, Henry Ruggs is a, is a maker, you know, is a, you know, a yes or no, you know, splash guy. Uh, he's either going to uh, boom or bust. So I, I don't like to go that direction. Just same as I said with the Cardinals, uh, Hunter Renfro uh, is definitely not a GPP play ever. And Brian Edwards is like missing in action. I don't know if he's on the team anymore. Uh, Darren Waller uh, people love, but He's been overall like the tight end five or six on the year. He's still priced at 6,600. And um, the Broncos uh, have averaged giving up three fantasy points per game to tight ends. Yeah, we the Darren, league. Darren it's... Waller's his own monster, and he's hard yeah. to guard. But uh, at 6,600, I think I'll walk away from that. We've already talked about Mark Andrews. We've talked about Ricky Seals-Jones. Right. There's much better yep. plays than that. So uh, Oakland, uh, passing attack, no. Josh, Josh Jacobs at fifty nine hundred. Don't hate it. Don't love it, but don't don't hate it. I mean, he's getting work. Um, not very good. He's not very good, uh, but he yeah. is getting work. So um, I think that that's something that if this is going to be the close game that I think it is, they seem like they want to feed him. Uh, and he's getting targets through the air. Again, these last two games, five targets, five targets. Again, he's not doing much with them. So don't get too excited here. This is nothing uh, where I look at like 5,900. I'm like, okay, this guy's a smash for 24 you know, fantasy points. I don't think that. Uh, but I think that in this tough, disgusting game, I think the game script actually could write itself up for Josh Jacobs best game of the season. Uh, I don't think anyone will be really on this either. So a 5,900, if you want to be sneaky, I don't think it's bad, especially look at DraftKings. You see the opponent opponent rank first in right. red and people are going to be like, Oh no, I don't want yep. any of that again. Um, the, and he has know, the Q tag and he's got the questionable tag. Yeah. He's the questionable tag. So the, you know, the Broncos are allowing 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, they're 10th in uh, DVOA. And um, I, I think that a lot of things will scare people off for this, which, which makes complete sense. Uh, but again, I'm saying that he's going to get work uh, and I, I don't trust the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the pass attack to get much going. So I think by default, if they get near the end zone, it might go to him. I mean, I could see it. So I'm not saying it's my favorite, but I'm saying if you want to go another direction, uh, this could be his best game of the year, uh, to do, you know, which isn't saying much. Uh, but again, don't read too much into this. Don't be expecting some kind of smash thing. This is going to be difficult. But I think through the pure attrition and volume, uh, Josh Jacobs could actually actually turn this stinker into a cupcake. Um, uh, and on Denver, I, I really I really don't want a whole lot yet. Javante Williams is slowly, slowly taking over that running back room. 
And I think at some point I'll be very excited to start him. But uh, as long as it's Gordon and uh, and Williams back there, I, I don't want anything at all. And Noah Fant, um, maybe uh, forty eight hundred is a nice little price. Uh, I, I like other again all the tight ends we mentioned before. Again, I keep saying the names: Andrews, Ricky Seals, Jones. We've we've talked about other guys we like more, and I still do. But I think at forty eight hundred, he's another guy to consider. So overall, do I like this game? No, not at all. I think Fanton. Um, Jacobs are usable just for um, narrative purposes, but uh, yeah, I expect this to be low scoring. What's the over under on this, uh, this trash game? 44. So it's like, it's, yeah. it's a, just a smidge off the low end, you know, just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm, be... I'm under this one. I don't even 24, 24, 20 gets you a push. Give me under that bad boy. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, I mean, for God's sakes, I'm telling you that I think the game is going to be so boring that Josh Jacobs yeah. might make, might actually might actually like you know work his way into a conversation. That's all you need to tell. Yeah, I, I, Jacobs is not a bad play. He would have to get it done through the air. The Broncos run D is really stout. You know, minus 18 percent rush DVOA. The adjusted line yards below four, only 85 yards per game. The you know what I like? I like the Fant call. Uh, the Raiders have actually struggled defending the tight end, eight targets per game, 65 yards per game. That's in the bottom third. So I like that. Other than that, the Raiders' pass D has been pretty good. Where they struggle, the Raiders' run defense has been really bad. 29 attempts for 135 yards per game, four and a half running back yards per carry. And where I was going with this is just almost before, like you're saying, you kind of do this analysis to get to a no action. But I like Javante Williams, but I couldn't get there because of those crossing stats. I think the Broncos are going to be looking to dose you with Melvin Gordon. You know, he hasn't had less than nine carries, but in games where he's effective and it's close, he'll get up into the teens. I think that's what we'll see. And if they fall behind, you'll get some Javante Williams, but I don't think it'll be enough to justify the price. This one really feels ugly to me. I think the Raiders might actually win this one outright. I think they're kind of got sold short. I was watching the Broncos. The offense is, it's poor. It's it's poor and it's not creative. And if the Raiders can step up on pass D like they have only 205 yards per game, you know, six yards per six yards per attempt and nine yards per completion. Those are all really good near the top third and like the upper, upper top third. I think Las, Las Vegas might win this one. I think they're going to be one of my four money line dogs. But yeah, this one feels like a slop fest. Really not interested. Very last game, Matt. Take us away on the last one. It's America's team, the Cowboys, going to New England to face the Patriots. Cowboys favored by three on the road, 50 and a half point total, which is pretty high for a team like the Patriots who don't score only 19 points per game. What do you like, man? I, I Man, this one doesn't feel as close as the line. Um, hey, real quick, I'm backtracking very slightly. Yeah, go, go, go. Because I, I feel like I don't want everyone to leave the show being like, Matt, what the fuck? You had us the whole show, <laughs> and then you told us to, to start Josh Jacobs. I just want to say, I want to show you a 50, at, you know, around what is it, 55 something? Uh, oh I want to, I want to show you just how, <laughs> how easily he could get you to where you want to be in this one, just because I think he's going to get a lot of work. His last game of, um, his last game, he had 15 carries, um, 15 carries for 48 yards, which isn't good. Uh, but let's just say, um, you know, they're running the ball like crazy. I think he could get somewhere north of 20 carries, like 22 carries for 75 yards. Like that's not good, but. And, In and a he's slow been getting, fast, that could work. Yeah, you know what I mean? That sounds realistic. And he's been getting five 
catches the last couple of games, five catches. I think he can get that five receptions. We're in PPR. If he gets 20 plus carries for 75 yards, gets five catches for who cares how many yards and, and gets in the end zone. Boom. You you've went, you've you sailed it. past your, your target. So just for everyone wondering, am I talking out my ass? No, I've done the math on this. <laughs> I think well, that Josh Jacobs could literally have a shitty game and, and deliver 20 plus points. And I get to 24 he, where we yeah, need. He can get you. He can get you there. Okay. Cause again, those five receptions aren't going to be for zero yards. Um, again, I, I think it's one of those things where he may not get exactly to times four, but uh, his ownership will be literally zero where if he finds an end zone, maybe that second time, I mean, this is something where no one will be on it. And this is definitely something that will separate you. Uh, the, it's, it's not as out of the realm of possibility as you think. And literally nobody's starting him. Nobody. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and you know, the stat, the stat percentage and numbers are coming along, right? Cause he was, he was out. He got up, started back with 62 and went up to 69 and didn't really have much behind him. It's a little bit of jail and Richard and some Kenyon Drake. So no, I don't, I don't think the Jacobs play is terrible. Again, it works into the narratives with the, you know, the division game and it being close and low scoring. I just, I'm not, I am not going up against the Bronco D because they have just smushed, you know, they have smushed people. All right, let's get back into that last one. America's team against America's villain, Cowboys and Patriots, Matt. Really, America's villain versus America's villain. Yeah, really. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? It's funny. Mac Jones has been like dink and dunk all year, yep. but I think that's just been by design. I don't think that's been because that's all he can do. It's a good system for him. I can see him trying to take advantage of this uh, this Dallas defense. Who, again, I I have liked to play up sometimes because they get a lot of takeaways, but right. they're not good. Um, they're just good for fantasy purposes sometimes because they can, they can provide turnaways as, as far as an effective NFL unit. They're not that good. Um, Dak Prescott is always a fine play. Um, you know, the, you can, so you can pair him up with one of his big guys. I'm not excited to do that, but I like Mac Jones at 5,200. Put him up there with us with Jake Myers is only 5,500 who, you know, He's seen uh, before last week versus Houston for you know five targets. Before that, twelve and fourteen versus Tampa Bay and New Orleans. I think he'll get back more into that zone. He's provided you. Uh, he's gone to the eighteen point four, sixteen point eight mark. Uh, he's never found the end zone. So uh, better late than never. I think this could be his time to shine versus Dallas and what you know. Uh, I think New England's going to have to make a, a lot of trips through the air. So Bill Belichick's a smart guy. I think he knows. As much as he wants to try to bleed people to death, he's probably going to have to change things up a bit if he wants to win this game. I mean, Mac Jones did throw the ball 40 times versus Tampa Bay, did throw the ball 51 times versus New Orleans. The A dot is not spectacular, but versus Tampa Bay, his quarterback rating was over 101.6. So I think that uh, there's a chance that we see him kind of, you know, I keep calling for best game of the year, but I think Mac Jones is maybe maybe due for his best game of the year here versus Dallas. I think um, New England really wants to win this one. The defense is uh, definitely is going to be susceptible to Mac Jones kind of picking him apart a bit. So I like him. I like um, the idea of pairing him with Jacoby. Um, Nelson Aguilar is 4,000. It's not my favorite uh, since week one, where he kind of went off seven seventy two in a touchdown since then he's uh, you know, He's not really found the end zone and he's been middling, but he could find his way downfield. But I think Jacoby Myers is the only one I'm really uh, interested in pairing him up with. So I think that's interesting. Uh, and then um, the only other person 
on the New England side is it looks like Damian Harris is leaning towards, I think, not playing with a rib injury. Um, we'll see what happens there. If that doesn't, uh, you know, for, uh, Stevenson for 4,500, I think is a, is a worthwhile look as the guy that's probably going to be getting most of the Harris practice yesterday for what it's worth. Did he? Oh, we'll just have to limited, see what it comes down to. Yeah, I, limited practice. Thir- now, again, that doesn't mean anything, but he did practice in a limited fashion yesterday. Yeah, and, and I'm not, even if Harris doesn't play, I'm not excited about Stevenson. Bolden's still there. J.J. Taylor could come right. peek his hat out at any time. Uh, but yeah, I like I like uh, the the New England pass attack to maybe get a little done here under the radar. Dallas, I don't really got to say a whole ton about. You know, they're they're all they're all very very usable. Ezekiel Elliott uh, is probably going to um, beast mode through this once again. He's had over twenty carries the last two weeks, so um, he could very very easily return value at 7,100. You only need to get to twenty eight. The last couple of weeks, he's gotten you to 28, 23, 26. Um, but yeah, if you're going to be getting 20 carries, uh, he could just kind of rush through and find the end zone. He seems like a good play for both cash and GPP because I think that there's a, even against New England, I think that the, they'll they'll be using him to pound the ball like crazy. Tony Pollard, again, that's what Tony Pollard's still getting, like 14, 10, 11 carries. Yeah. These guys love to run the ball, which yeah. is why I'm never excited about the wide receivers in Dallas. Uh, because even though CD lamb and Amari Cooper are great and only 65 and 6,000, uh, you can never really tell what you can get out of them. They're literally boomer bust as well. So, um, Zeke, I don't mind. And I kind of like Mac and Jacoby. Yeah. I, that's a really great job. The Cowboys run game. It, you know, it's, it's up there with, with the Browns and it's one of those tweets where you see like one, one, a, Dot, 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 huge gap. Dot, 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 looking around. Dot, 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 huge gap. And then number three, these two teams are so good. And that is really going to be the focus of this for the Cowboys, I believe. Patriots pasty has been excellent. You know, the minus pass DVOA, um, 13 sacks already, only allowing 18 completions for 205 yards. Those are stellar numbers. But on the ground, they have struggled, man. 4.5 just of rush yards adjusted line yards allowed 111 rush yards per game. That's where Dallas is going to have to look to feast to what you were saying about Max Jones, Matt. I, I, man, I think it will happen. I just don't know when I, I was watching these games. I was watching the Patriots back kind of looking for exactly what you're talking about. And every Patriots broadcast, they end up highlighting it at least once where Jones passes on an open deep throw for something more certain. Now, I think he's being coached to play in that direction, right? Be safe, be smart, high percentage plays. That's fine. Against the Cowboys, I don't know if that's going to work. So I I think they're going to – if the Patriots want to win, I think they're going to have to open the throttle because they don't have – I don't really think they kind of have the weapons to hang with Dallas if Dallas gets going. So I think Myers is probably a pretty strong play. Again, all those input stats are just off the page. 24% target share. 31% 31% of the air yards. The eight dot is in the single digits, but it isn't nine. So I draw the benchmark at 10, but nine's, nine's all right. Over 400 air yards. Uh, you know, all of his numbers, just he's he's the number one. So I like that with the Cowboys struggling through the air. Again, Matt, you did a really good job with the perception of like fantasy defense and turnovers, which get the highlights to listen to actual pass stats. The Cowboys are allowing 390 yards per game. Over six yards per play, those are all near the bottom. 
allowed nine sacks, only have a 5% adjusted sack rate. They're allowing 27 completions for 311 yards per game. The pass game is there. If you were ever going to get behind the Patriots' pass game, this would have to be the week, whether it's with them trying to get ahead or trying to keep pace back to Dallas. Man, they, they're just getting smoked through the air. You know, it's been it's been ugly. Antonio Brown and Godwin both went for 100 and a score in the same week. Keenan Allen and Williams went for over 90 in the same week. DJ Moore went for over 100 with two scores. Kadarius Toney almost hit him for 200 yards. But the highlight was the interception. So, Matt, I'm with you. I'm weary about betting on the Cowboys here. And I do think they win. They're only laying three. The minus 170 is a bit heavy for that. So I think I'm leaving this one alone. I, I'm, not, I'm not really touching this one. I'm with the players that you're on. I think it's Zeke in a close game. Dallas trying to capitalize on what they do best. And then the other side, I can't go to Mac Jones, Matt. I don't think he's prolific enough. I think Jacoby Myers is an excellent, excellent play. And I think if people are following our styles, particularly yours, I think you did a really great job this episode of drawing that four times multiplier. Myers just has that screaming at 5.5 for him to get to 20. He, he could do it or at least get close without the end zone. You know, if you get one of those games that we saw for him earlier in the year, he doesn't even have to get in the end zone. If he's getting nine for 94, there's 18. We only need 20. The next week he was eight for 70, 15, a bit short, but he was almost there. So yeah, give me Myers in a bounce back. I think that's my favorite play. Matt, that was the entire board. Holy cow. I, I do have a question for you before we get done. It's a trivia yeah. question uh, that I don't know the answer to. Are you allowed to play for two game, two different teams in the same week? Wait, what do you mean? If a player plays for a team and is traded, is he allowed to play for another team during the same week? Yeah, I would think so. Well, who are you talking about? Because the Philadelphia Eagles have just traded Zach Ertz to the Arizona Cardinals. No way! So you're talking about who takes over for Max Williams. There's your answer. Uh, I would I would assume he's not suiting up on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, that will be the guy going forward to further complicated, already good offense. Zach Ertz has been added to the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people will be tempted to play him if he starts. But I, I don't think I would go there right off the bat. You know, we mentioned Arizona. Yeah, you can't start, right? You can't. A big he can't, play, he can't play it on Thursday, and then they make him play. There's no way he plays. So last week we put together a team. Now we don't necessarily have to put a team, but I think we did a good job of kind of looking at the guys that we want. Um, yeah, Matt, is there anything you want to add? Man, I really love this. I think we did a good job of kind of fading the chalk, finding our value. I think we're off of a lot of the top price guys which generally gives me a good feeling going into the week is there anything we missed do you want to add before we go i'm feeling really strong again about this man i can't wait to get into the lobby right now no no i i think there's a lot of strong lineups we can build this week for anyone listening if you want to reach out to me on twitter we could talk about building a lineup the one i announced on the show last week murdered in the 1 p.m and we were just waiting for our giant stack to come along. Kadarius Tony went off, but then of course yeah. Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley were stretchered off the field in the first uh, quarter. So that uh, that didn't. Uh, I know I would have cashed as well last week. I didn't. I I didn't get goose egged, but I didn't cash where I would have. Like you said, we had a lot of hits, but I did have the Giants as well. All right, so uh, yeah, everybody, thank you for listening to the Daily Blitz podcast for Week Six. Uh, we'll be back next week for week seven. So, uh, yeah, good luck in DFS this weekend. Good luck betting on the games. If you have any questions, 
uh, for me and John. Definitely feel out no to uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Until then, see everybody. This is the bliss, licking they lips. Twitter with this, minimal risk. Finity shifts, ripping off rip. Quick in the hits, first on the list. This mad will going crazy on the daily. Dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment. Yeah, another day, another pod. All these thoughts are up for side. So I had to ask him what he got. Said he got a lot. Said he got a lot of what? Got a lot of shifts. And it's time for the daily bliss.